Hey there, friends, and welcome to the Raising Amazing Tween Girls show. I'm Lisa Tony with Girl Tribe Nation, and I am so glad that you're taking some time out today to join me and invest in your parenting strategies and your relationship with your tween girl. Today, I'm going to be talking about a difficult subject, so I do want to give you a heads up if you want to put those AirPods or those earbuds in, because today we are going to be having a conversation about pornography. Now, this is a much needed conversation because it is everywhere. Now, I know sometimes mamas think that it is more of a subject to protect their boys from, and definitely it is that. But we are also seeing an alarming rate of tween and teen girls also getting exposed and addicted to pornography. It is heartbreaking. Now, I know you know as well as I do that we have an increasingly sexualized culture. Sex is everywhere. Porn is everywhere. Now, porn materials like books or photographs or videos that show erotic or sexual behaviors and the whole intent of it is to cause sexual excitement. So there's a difference. Soft porn is something that shows or describes sex, but isn't very violent or unpleasant sex, or not in a really detailed way. But then there's hard porn, which is pornography that shows sex in a very detailed way, and it's often violent or very extreme. So why is porn so bad anyway? Well, the thing is, porn is very addictive. And that means that from the very first time someone sees it, their brains are hardwired to want to do it again. Now, porn gets very difficult to resist, and I want to talk about three reasons why that is today. The first one is that looking at porn causes our brains to release huge levels of dopamine. Now, this dopamine is a craving-inducing neurochemical. Dopamine is a chemical that is normally released in the body during sex. And because dopamine is in this and is released when we see porn, it makes our bodies feel good. Now, this chemical is something that also drives our survival behaviors. Things like eating and drinking and moving out of the cold. This is the control mechanism in our brain that makes us do these survival behaviors. So when someone's looking at porn, the brain releases dopamine from this artificial sexual experience. That dopamine is going to make us feel good and act like a reward for that behavior. And that means it makes us want to do it again. So the impulse to look at porn becomes more and more like an imperative. It's something that must happen, like eating or drinking. And this is dangerous and bad because it sets our brains up to think that this is a good thing and that it's something that we need. We don't need porn. What we need is good and healthy relationships. And we need to help our kids understand sex in the context of a committed, healthy marriage relationship so that we can be safe and vulnerable within the bond of commitment to protect us when our bodies and our emotions are so fully exposed during sex. Now, dopamine itself is not bad. It is a good thing. In fact, it helps us with our motivation, our enjoyment, managing our moods. However, when dopamine is released as a result of interaction with pornography, it becomes really scary. Okay, so when dopamine is released as a result of interaction of pornography, it is detrimental. It is so harmful in so many ways because it causes our brains to zero in on pornography above anything else. 
So I want to talk to you today about some of the things that happens in an adolescent brain and, and personhood when they experience a sexually driven dopamine rush. And the first thing is that they begin to focus on the urge to repeat what triggered the rush. So they get really obsessed and focused on doing the same thing again, going back to that screen, going back to that phone, going back to that computer site because they're so driven by that dopamine. Now, they also begin to experience a dopamine rush at the mere thought of getting to see porn or experience a sexual fantasy again. So just by thinking or remembering that occasion, they get a dopamine rush, which again triggers them to want to do it more and more. Unfortunately, when our kids get this kind of dopamine rush, they begin to care more about getting another rush rather than about the consequences of interacting with porn. They don't think of the bad things that are going to happen. They're so focused on that dopamine rush, which is why it is an addiction. It's like, it's like a drug. It's a, a natural chemical release that's being released in their body. Now, our adolescents begin to, at a very early age, begin to develop a consumer mentality. Now, it's not just about things, it's about people. You see, people become the objects of consumption. Rather than seeing them as individuals of worth, individuals to have relationships with, to know and love and, and to celebrate friendships with, oh, they also become unable to see a big picture. As kids get addicted to pornography, the immediate desire for porn takes the place of investing in any kind of loving relationship. Now, the very first time someone looks at porn or experiences sexual fantasies, the brain is going to store that experience. And meanwhile, while that experience is stored, the dopamine shouts an irresistible message to the brain region. It says, do it again, do it again. And then with repeated access, the demand grows and it takes more and more to create the same level of dopamine hit. Now, as these brains get addicted as they get enslaved, porn and sexual fantasies become a basic need. They become as basic as food and water for an addicted brain. Now, many boys and girls say that as they get hooked through sexually charged ads, advertisements, romantic movies, you might know them as chick flicks, and even raunchy sexual jokes are ways that start to give them a dopamine hit and, and move them into this realm. See, sexual content, it is everywhere. Now, one 12-year-old boy talks about how he saw an R-rated movie that was full of nudity and violent sexual content at a friend's house. Can you imagine? Oh, just want to wring that parent's neck. But most adults aren't even equipped to handle that kind of stimulation that's available in rated R movies, let alone an adolescent's developing brain. Now, many girls and boys have watched this particular movie, including a teen boy that um, has referred to it as a great action movie and claimed that the sex did not affect him. Well, I have to tell you, my friends, that is impossible. Our minds are wired to respond to sex. We were created for sex to, to light us up. Now, like many, the boy was trying to convince himself that sexual content in media is no big deal. And girls will respond to the same movie but a little bit differently. They might convince themselves that being pursued with sexual passion is the ideal. That's what they begin to look for as they get interested in boys. Now, here's why sexually charged media content 
is so dangerous. The neurons in our brains don't distinguish between live interactions or media. In the time it takes to watch a movie or play a video game, tweens and teens inwardly experience, they rehearse, and then they imitate the disturbing behaviors on screen. And the results can take two extremes, either the desire to act out what's seen on the screen or desensationalize, leaving them unable to really feel anything. Now, both of these reactions are awful, right? You don't want your kids to end up either acting these things out or feeling nothing. Both are detrimental to real life relationships. I mean, research shows us that when tweens and teens view pornography, they develop all kinds of challenges in their lives. They become unrealistic about sexual beliefs and sexual values. They over-focus or over-obsess on sex. They become sexually aggressive and show aggressive behaviors. They show sexually permissive behaviors. They have an earlier interest in having sex. They become promiscuous. They begin to question their own body. They question their own sexual performance. They can even start having behavioral problems. Often they end up very depressed. They have a really hard time bonding with others, including their parents. Now, boys and girls will see pornography through a little bit of a different lens. They can see the same content, but view it a little bit differently. Girls tend to be uniquely drawn to the underlying explicit fantasy that's behind the sexual images. So the sexual images, don't, they don't respond to them the same way boys do. They want to know what the fantasy is. They get hooked on the fantasy, like what's happening to, to cause that kind of passion to happen. And that fantasy overshadows the relationship. And so they get hooked on wanting to live that out or seek that out or to be part of one of those fantasies. Now girls will tend to look for those perfectly chiseled bodies that they have visually seen and been embedded in their brains that match what they see on screen. It no longer becomes about a man showing you respect or kindness or being responsible. It becomes very physically driven. Now, boys, of course, they tend to be drawn to the pictures and the excitement, the novelty, the video content, and want a girl to be like, dress like, and act like the characters they see on the screen. So then our boys are starting to have unrealistic expectations for our girls who start to feel that and, and want to become that. Ugh, all of this from that big hit of dopamine that the brain releases when it sees porn. It is something that we have to be so careful about with our young brains. Okay, all of that was in the first reason. Dopamine! Oh man, all right, strap on your seatbelt. Here's the second reason. The second reason that porn is difficult to resist, especially for kids, is that they have an immature prefrontal cortex. Now this is a decision-making part of their brain that's meant to hold impulses and desires in check. So it doesn't fully develop until they are in their 20s. So this means that making decisions is not their strong suit. Now, don't let me tell you that they can't make a good decision. Tweens and teens are capable of making good decisions. 
but they are not consistent in this. They don't have all the resources available to them, all their brain power available to them yet to make good decisions and evaluate consequences from their actions. But the emotional center of the brain, the part of the brain where desires and impulses and sexual drive arises, well, that functions just fine in kids and tweens, teens, and all the youth. For kids and tweens, this means that the message, do it because it feels good, is a strong impulse. It is stronger than the part of their brain that says, is this a good idea or not? They don't listen to that part that says, is this a good idea or not? They just listen to do it because it feels good. So when you combine the undeveloped prefrontal cortex, that green lights, it feels good, with the turbo boost from all that extra dopamine, it's a dangerous mix, right? All right, let's talk about the third thing. Adolescents very quickly discover masturbation. And they discover that masturbation to porn provides temporary, but an effective distraction from stress and emotional pain, even sometimes just boredom. Now, on their own, if no one warns them, kids will not recognize the danger of relying on masturbation as an unhealthy coping strategy and that it increases the high risk of developing a porn addiction. A porn addiction can take hold in just a few weeks. Now, I talk to people all the time who think that masturbation is no big deal. It's natural, it's part of who we are. Here's the challenge with teaching or encouraging masturbation to our kids. The problem is that it teaches the brain that this is how to get sexual relief and sexual pleasure. And when we teach the brain to do this, and then someday down the road, when it's time for your daughter to marry that someone special and develop a life of intimacy with them, it can sometimes be very hard for the brain to react to others pleasuring them because it has been so taught to respond to the touch and the stimulation of masturbation. Now hear me, friend, I want your kids, your tweens, when they grow up to be adults, I want them to find someone wonderful. I want them to be able to enjoy a committed, healthy marriage. I want them to have a great sex life. And I want them to be able to have kids someday and a family someday. And kids that have a history of masturbation often have a lot of challenges with all of that. Now, I also want to mention that kids and youth, adults too, actually, have the power of memories to contend with, right? Don't you have some memories that you just wish were not implanted in your brain? I do. Now, a child may immediately reject porn when they see it by turning the phone face down or closing the laptop or clicking the X on the screen. But those images that they saw are going to pop up in their memory again and again to test that child's resolve. And porn images have remarkable staying power. There's something so strong about them in our brains. So we need to do everything in our power, in our mama arsenal, in our ability to teach and equip our kids. We need to help them prevent those 
but we also need to teach them what to do and how to respond if this happens to them. We must let them know that they can talk to us if this happens. And we have to let them know that they didn't do anything wrong if they see this image so that they can come and talk with us about what they saw and that we want to help them. Often when kids see these images, they feel guilty and they feel shame. They feel weird. They don't know what's happening to them and they feel like they did something wrong and so they don't talk about it, they hide it. And you might even see, start to see if, if your kid starts to exhibit some behaviors of withdrawal or depression or inability to sleep, that it may be that they have had an exposure to porn. They might not even know why they're feeling these feelings of guilt or shame. Now, the average age of a child, the first time they see an internet porn is 11. 11, that's the average. So half of them are older, half of them are younger. Kids don't have to be looking for porn to see it. I mean, pornography is programmed to find them. So I want you to keep in mind, 11 is the average, but I have heard kids as early as third grade. I have heard kids even as early as kindergarten tell stories about getting exposed to naked pictures on phones on the playground at public school from friends. It's awful. So we need to be intentional. We can't bury our head in the sand and we can't pretend that this is gonna go away. We need to equip our kids. So what can we do? Well, the founder of Protect Young Minds, Kristen Jensen, she is passionate about teaching parents about how to protect their kids from porn. I have learned so much from her and I appreciate her so much. She's the founder of Protect Young Minds and she says this, when your child first has access to the internet, that's the age you should start warning them about pornography. She says that every child deserves to be warned about the dangers of porn and to have the skills to reject it. Isn't that good? Your child deserves that. Like that's something that you want to give your child as a gift. You want to warn them about those dangers, just like you warn them about the dangers of crossing the street without looking both ways. And you need to give your child the skills to reject it. So having filters on your device is important. And I'm gonna give you some suggestions for some of those filters in our next episode. But Kristen also stresses that the most important filter for a child is the internal filter. Kids need to know how to slam the door on porn themselves, not just when they see it online, but whenever those images might reappear in their minds. So Kristen partnered with Gail Pointer and they wrote together two amazing books, Good Pictures and Bad Pictures. It's a picture book for parents to read to kids between ages seven and 11. And they also have Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior for ages three to six years old. Now I highly wanna recommend these to you. I'm gonna put them in the show notes and you can link to them below. You can easily get them on Amazon. And it talks about this idea of being good pictures and bad pictures and how good pictures are something that we enjoy, but bad pictures we need to be able to reject. It teaches kids to reject immediately when they encounter porn by following five simple steps, starting with closing their eyes and looking away and turning off the computer. So these are the five steps that Kristen gives us. She says, close your eyes get away from it. Close your eyes, shut the screen, turn it off, get it away. Close your eyes. Second step, always tell a trusted adult. You want to go and tell mom and dad or a teacher or someone that you trust that it happened so that they can help you understand what happened and process it. 
Third, you want to name it when you see it. When you see that bad picture, you say, that is pornography. That is a bad picture. I don't want to look at that. The next thing you want to do is distract yourself. When the images might return to your mind, you want to have a good picture that you go to, something fun and exciting, riding your bike or being at the beach or hanging out with your friends. You have to distract your mind with a good image. And then you want to order your thinking brain to be the boss. Your thinking brain is the boss. That rational center, the prefrontal cortex, you got to teach it. It's the boss. It can control your thoughts. So these five steps are really helpful. She walks you through them in these books. I highly recommend them. But these are five steps that you can put into practice right now. Now, parents can make a big difference to the success of porn-proofing their kids by coaching kids in how to distract themselves. Kristen tells us we can't help kids unsee what they saw, but we can help them minimize it. You can't just say, don't think about it. You have to give them something else to think about. When they come to you and tell you they've seen something bad, you've got to praise them. I mean, usually they'll be upset, so you have to help them work through those feelings, but then you have to help them. You can ask, what fun things can we think about instead? See, the best tool for distraction is to encourage your child to think about or to relive in their mind a past experience that was really exhilarating, something super fun, maybe like riding a roller coaster or pretending they're mountain biking or throwing their imagination into high gear to fill in those details. I mean, it could be a, a song and a dance that you do together or a poem, but it needs to be something that they are excited about and can focus on. Maybe even saying a prayer or a verse can be really powerful, especially if you're a person of faith. Now, Kristen says she thinks it takes about 10 times thinking about something else to develop another neural pathway away from that pornographic image. So when your child or you have seen a porn image, you have to train your brain 10 times to go a different direction with your thinking in order to develop a different neural pathway. That's some intense work. Kids aren't gonna wanna do that on their own. We've gotta teach them and we've gotta support them to be with them through that process. You can do it, mama. I know you can. We do hard things. That's what Girl Tribe Nation is here for you. That's why I'm here for you to encourage you, champion you, cheer you on as you raise your tween girls. Okay, friends, well, we have covered a lot today, but there is definitely more to talk about. So next week, we're going to cover a whole lot more strategies for how to protect your tween girl from porn. So this might be a great opportunity for you to invite someone else to listen to the show. If you know someone who's been challenged in this way or someone whose girl you care about that you want that mama to know these things. I want to thank you for hanging out with me. I know it can be so hard to hear these stats and really cause us to worry about our kids. I have to say that if you feel a little sick to your stomach right now, I gotcha. I feel that way too. And it's actually a good thing. It means you care. It means you care about your own daughter and it means that you care about all the kids out there. And that also means that you're ready to put a strategy into place to help you. Now, I know I've talked about a lot of things today and I want to point you to a guide that can help give you if you're feeling a little flustered and just angry about pornography. I want to give this free guide to you today that, that can help give you some action points to take. You can download it for free at girltribenation.com slash preventporn. 
This free download will give you an example conversation to have with your tween, as well as all the resources and tips that we talked about today. It's also completely worth it to save it to your phone so that you can refer to it back time and time again to make sure that you're doing all that you can to protect your girl and also prepare her with a strategy of what to do and how to handle a situation where she's exposed to porn. If you know someone who might benefit from this episode, I want to invite you to share it with them, maybe even post it on your own social media. We want all the mamas out there to know what to do and how to protect their tweens from the horror of porn. So thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate you guys so much, and I will look forward to seeing you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.